Loving Father, um, the message that you've laid out for us today is daunting. And I'm not sure I'm ready for it. But you've, you've given it to us, you've given it in your word, and I pray that we will receive it through your spirit to come and be in our presence even more than you are now. And warm each heart, I pray in Jesus' name. Should be on. Can, can you hear me all? Yeah. Uh, move over here. Can you hear me now? I have a little green light. I could talk really loud. <laughs> all right. Are we? Anyway, so the first thing they started going off on 
nice put in things about how bad this organization was, and someone came in and said, those Christians are pathetic. And our daughter looked at him, because they know of our daughter, and she says, don't even go there. Don't go there. That's not really an okay way to respond to this. And all hands, please go on crazy last week. All hands need to be on deck. We don't need to get into this debate about whether Christianity is fair or not fair. We need to complete the task and not be rude, even to them when we do. In her, her, her kind, assertive way, knowing that she's Christian, she says, let's not go there. Let's not be like them. Let's be, let's go above board. Let's get above the gutter here. But our world really looks at Christianity as something relegated to the sideline. Let's get all the bells and whistles out. Like uh, Roger's been here before. Maybe you've been here too. But we want the dazzling and the neon. We want the exciting. We want to be entertained. We want to be filled with whatever we see as important out there. And oftentimes, our picture doesn't match who we are. I'm going to give you an illustration. I'm not sure if Kim is keen on this, but you may get a kick out of it. Okay? I didn't warn her that I was going to do this. All right, so someone is looking for Pastor Don and Kim Bryant. So, we fly to Utah, we fly in there to Salt Lake City, Utah, someone's going to pick Don and Kim Bryant up because they're going to be doing whatever there, and uh, they're going to pick Don and Kim Bryant up. And this is the photo that they get. So they got to go to the airport and try to find Pastor Don and Kim Bryant. They'll find a camel
costs seven thousand dollars a month to keep the doors open here. Takes a lot to keep this thing going. Okay. First century church, man, they went from place to place, house to house, tree to tree, river to river. You know, meeting where they could, sustaining the work the best that they could. I'm afraid the 21st century church no longer looks like the first century church, and we may suffer from spiritual dehydration. We may just suffer from spiritual dehydration. Think about this. We're going to look at some passages of Scripture. Um, let's go to Amos, this is going to be Amos 8, 11. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, not nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And this comes from 2 Timothy 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside from fables. So there is a drought. I mean, just think about um, we have a plethora of online preachers. You can go anywhere, anytime, and click and find somebody on Turner Broadcast Network or 3ABN or 3 Angels Broadcasting or something. And you can find someone that meets your need. It sounds good. The, the uh, you know, the intonation of the speaker, the way they string the sentences together, the illustrations, the comedic component hits home to you, to me. Oh, I like that preacher. Are they really giving you the word? Are they really talking straight scripture? Or they just entertaining with fables. Good question. We need to pray for rain. So let's jump into uh, let's jump into the Bible. Let's see. Did I put this up on the screen? Let me just see. Nope. Well, I did. Yes. Okay. okay. If you want, we're gonna look at some. So don't go too far away from your hard copy or your phone. We'll get to some hands-on experience. But let's take a look in 1 Kings. This is the story of Elijah and Ahab. By this time, the kingdom of Israel had split. You had two kingdoms in the south and ten tribes in the north. And they were on this roller coaster ride of worshiping God and being evil. Most of the time, they get evil. And in this case, you run across. Ahab, in the 38th year of Azah, king of Judah, Ahab, the son of Omri, became king over Israel, and Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel 22 years. 
Now Ahab, the son of Amalek, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. His father worshipped Baal also. But what happened with Ahab is Ahab began to build temples to Baal, build altars to Baal. And he married Jezebel, 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 who was the daughter of the king of the Sidonites up in Tyre and Sidon. And he was probably a priest king, priest of Baal. And so Jezebel brought in, and we're going to see this, uh, 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Ashtoreth. Baal and Ashtoreth went together. They're both important in crop production and rain and uh, Fertility. And uh, so you had the male and the female components in this worship. And this, and this is, is what Ahab was, was doing. This is, this is actually uh, uh, River Jordan in the dry season. Some of these pictures are actually from that area. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be due nor rain these years except at my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and, have, and I have commanded the raisins to feed you there. So, Elijah was commanded to go to the brook Cherith. Interesting thing, a few interesting things, is that the brook Cherith was on the other side of the Jordan, out of the ruling territory of Ahab. It was in Gentile territory. Keep this in mind. The brook dries up. When we read it in Scripture, the brook dries up, and God commands him to go to Zarephath, for I have commanded a widow to take care of you there. <laughs> I'm going to show you a picture of Zarephath. Zarephath is also outside the area of Ahab's domain. Both of them dry up. Zarephath dries up. Brook Cherith dries up. Here's the point. When people of faith do not honor God, it affects everyone. Whether they're a believer or not. You understand that? If I'm a believer and I'm honoring God and let the Holy Spirit pour and change me and pour himself into me, that's going to ooze out to other people, whether they're believers or not. Whether they believe in God or not, they're going to be affected by that energy, that spirit that goes with me because I've asked the Holy Spirit to go with me every day. And whether I'm working at Vaughn and teaching in the classroom or repairing cars or flying a plane or whatever it is, the Holy Spirit affects that. Likewise, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Satan, remember, there's only really two spirits. It's not a neutral spirit. The spirit of Satan is working in that environment. 
And that happens, it's illustrated in the story. These stories are for our benefit. Okay? So the brook chair. Brook chair of prayers. Think about this for a minute. We're, we're going to be talking about praying for rain, which is what happens on Mark, Mount, Mount Carmel. But I didn't want to rush past this. There's Brook Cherith prayers. Brook Cherith prayers happen at the beginning of the three years of famine. It's still green. It takes a while for it to dry up, right? It's still green. Um, Elijah is there praying, praying for prayers of repentance for his people. He's interceding for his people. Praying that the Holy Spirit will convict the people. There will be protection for lack of food. For not only himself, but for others, that deliverance will come. The people will surrender their lives and come to Jesus. Brooke Cherith prayers. That's before the drought. Before the judgment. Remember, this drought is a judgment. In fact, let's take a look. Give your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 11. to the Jordan, went north, and on the left, 
relatively retired site. And he comes to the gate, and it's just a fascinating story. He comes to the gate, there's a widow there, and he says to the widow, um, you know, could you give me a cup of water? And she turns around to go fulfill the request. Okay, it's a Middle Eastern thing. Water was probably not very plentiful, but she turned around to go get him with a drink of water. Then he says, would you make me a little cake of bread? So she'd already in faith turned around and began to fulfill the request of the prophet. And she turns around and says, as the Lord your God lives, so she knew who he was, as the Lord your God lives, I only have a handful of meal and a little bit of oil. And we're going to make a little bit of bread and then we're going to eat it and die. And he says, he doesn't disagree with her. He says, I hear what you're saying. Go and make me some first. Make me some first. Then there'll be plenty of flour and plenty of oil. Take faith. It's like paying your tithe. When you look at your, your budget, and you look at your income, and you go, man, if I take 10%, if I give a little bit of free will offering, I don't have enough money to make it. Been there, done that. And you do it anyway because either you're trained that way, and it's customary, or you say, I'm just going to step out in faith here, and you step out in faith, and boom, an unexpected windfall comes, or God just makes things come together. I mean, it's amazing what he does. So the widow does this. She goes and she makes the cake. Can you hear us, Rick? Is it not working? Rick is concerned. Good, good man right here. Make sure the sound works. I'm going to have to use that because he can't hear me on the live stream. I'm going to have a lot of cake. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Try to stay focused. So she goes and makes the cake, brings it to him, and sure enough, his word is fulfilled. And she has... Flour and oil. By the way, Zarephath exported flour and oil. Interesting how that works. Well, we get. I don't know how long he was there. I, I uh, thought out loud with Kim on this deal. And uh, how long would it take the brook Cherith to dry up? You know, six to nine months is probably pretty dry. And this was a three-year uh, drought. So he's, you know, two years anyway in Zarephath. What are his Zarephath prayers like? So we have Brook Cherith prayers, and we have Zarephath prayers. Okay? You're praying for physical sustenance that the... Now we have an echo. Should I just turn this guy off? He's, you know, that the flour won't run out and the oil won't give out. And then, of course, her son dies. <laughs> How do you like that? You're following, got the prophet in the house, you know, and the son dies. And then she goes to him and starts complaining, which I think most moms would do that, especially in that era when she was a, a widow. And he takes the child and he begins to intercede with God for resurrection. This is the first, first story in the Bible of someone being brought back to life. Amazing. Amazing. And what was it like when he said to her one morning, you know, it's time for me to go back. I've just really enjoyed my two years here with you and your family. 
but it's time. Were there hugs? Were there tears? I wonder. Zarephath, Zarephath prayers. Well, now we're going to Mount Carmel. This is Mount Carmel, and from the top of Mount Carmel, you can see the Mediterranean Sea. It was time for the drought to end. Time to be done. Let's take a look at... Um, Let's take a look at 1 Kings 18, verse 1. So he goes back to the uh, land of Israel, and uh, Obadiah, the, the servant of King Ahab, is um, out looking for a place for green pasture to, to have the, the animals of the king to have some food, and he runs into Elijah. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain. Who's going to send rain? God's going to send rain. And then Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him. So Obadiah was saying, Man, Ahab has been looking all over the countryside and in other countries, and the people say they haven't seen you. He makes them take an oath that they're not lying. So you're telling me to go tell the king that you're here. What if you disappear? <clears throat> Not going to be too good for me. And Elijah says, as the Lord God lives before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him today. And so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Here's what Ahab says. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? Elijah said, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have troubled. And that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. According to spirit of prophecy, when Elijah was speaking right here, the power of God was in him. And when he commanded this next statement, when he commanded this, Ahab acted as a servant in the presence of a king. Now therefore send and gather all of Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. It was time to pray for rain. No more brook Cherith or Zarephath praying. It was time to pray for rain. And that's why I asked the question, is normal coming back? No, Jesus is. We can kind of laugh at little, that little thing. In the time in which we live, we shouldn't be asking for normal to return. You realize COVID's never going away. So let's not get too excited that um, normal may come back. Now we're going to deal with monkeypox and whatever else is out there. If we read the Revelation, which again, in September we're starting our study on Daniel and Revelation... You can see that plagues abound. Disasters abound. Take five minutes and look at whatever news feed you want, and you'll see that um, it's so crazy we even have shootings at the Walmart here in Mount Vernon. Normal's not coming back. It's time to pray for rain. It's time to pray some... Zer uh, Mount Carmel prayers. God didn't allow Elijah to stay by the brook because he needed him at the altar at Carmel. 
Elijah wasn't to cling to a past experience, no matter how blessed that experience was. And this is why revival tarries. We're still praying brook prayers when it's time to pray for rain. It's time to pray for the latter rain, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But here's a challenge. He says to the people, we can see this, Joshua says it to the people as well. This is Joshua 24. I think we get to look these ones up. Joshua 24. You guys know the end of this thing. You might know the whole thing. Uh, 24 verse 15. Joshua is coming to the end of his life. And uh, he's talking to the people about, kind of like Moses did, the blessings and curses. Verse 14 of that chapter 24 of Joshua. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We have to choose, ladies and gentlemen, what God we are going to serve. Second Kings 18 1 Kings, thank you, Kim. 1 Kings 18, verse 21. Elijah is talking to the people. They've gathered on the top of Mount Carmel. The prophets are there. And uh, Moses calls the people to him in verse 21. He says, How long? And Elijah Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people answered not a word. And that's a sign. Ask the question. Ask yourself the question. (laughs) I think uh, Mayanda and Mandalina saw this last week. I'm going to step away from the mic for just a minute. So I have one foot on that road and I have one foot on the other road I can get along for a little while we have a nurse or a doctor in the house okay I can get along a little while but then we start getting in trouble at some point I gotta make a decision am I gonna be over here or if I'm gonna be over here because clearly I can no longer do this Okay? If I could do the splits, I would actually do the splits, but I'm not that flexible. That's why we need a doctor or a nurse. <laughs> okay? You have to make a decision. <clears throat> Look at here. Uh, let's go to Revelation 13. The same point, Revelation 3, excuse me, verse 20. Actually, we're going to start um, verse 14 and run our way into verse 20. This is the seventh church, and when we get to this study, we'll realize this is the seventh generation of churches which lines up in the time in which we're living. And to the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, these things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot. See, they're trying to walk on both sides of the road. They're neither cold nor hot. 
Verse 16, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth, because you say I am rich. I have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are poor, that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy of me gold, and we're going to talk about that, refined in the fire, that you may be rich in white raiment, that you may be clothed, that the, that the shame of your nakedness may be not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, which is the Holy Spirit, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Does the Laodicean church look like the church of Ephesus? No. Okay. The church of Ephesus is that first century church. Passionate for the word of God. God is still in the church. By the time you come to the Laodicean church, God is outside the church. Why do we have less than 30% Christian-wide coming to church on any given weekend? In the Seventh-day Adventist church, we have as many ex-members as we have members. It's time to make up our minds. It's time to get serious about praying for rain. We must pray. That God will unseal the fountains of the water of life. And we must ourselves receive the living water. We can't share something we don't have. Let us with contrite hearts pray most earnestly that now in the time of the latter rain the shower of grace may fall upon us. It's time. It's not time for normal to return. It's time for the latter rain to come. In the first century, we, we relish the story of Pentecost. They were all of one accord. And they were praying. And all of a sudden, there were tongues of fire that came down. They began to speak with other languages. And thousands were added to them, to their company every day. I mean, you can pick this same thing happened after Peter and John. They, Peter and John went to pray. They met the lame man on the way. They healed him, right? And then they were pulled into the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin's given them the Inquisition. And at the end, they said, don't preach anymore in the name of Jesus. And Peter said to them, you be the judge. Should I do the will of man or do the will of God? But we will continue to preach in the name of Jesus. They scourged them. They sent them home. When they got home, there was a prayer meeting going on. Isn't that cool? And Peter and John were all excited because they were counted worthy to be scourged for Jesus. And they're praying, celebrating. I don't know how many of you would be celebrating if you got scourged. I mean, me, myself and I. Talk about me. But I go to the, they go to the prayer meeting and they're praying again. And all of a sudden the place is shaken. And the Holy Spirit is poured out again. And Peter's having a nap. He's dreaming about unclean food. And he gets called to go to Cornelius' house. Shows up at Cornelius. Now, this is not a Jew. This is a heathen. And he's preaching the word of God. And boom, the Holy Spirit falls. The Holy Spirit's all over the first century. And we're as dry as the hills of Gilboa. Because we're comfortable. We want to be comfortable. I don't think the last days have anything to do with comfort. And we need the Holy Spirit's power to empower us 
to get used to different. I'll just quote that out there from the chosen, okay? Because it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Well, let's see. Let's see, we get right here we go. It's time to pray for rain. Well, let's, um, let's do this. Why don't we sing? Let's sing a little bit. You heard the song. It's 195 in the hymnal in case you were wondering where it came from. I made a carbon copy for me. But we sing this uh, song. There shall be showers of blessing. Can I get in the right key? There shall be showers of blessing. Oh, that today they might fall. There shall be seasons refreshing. Sent from the Savior above, showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we need. There shall be showers of blessing, send them upon us, O Lord. Grant to us now a refreshing, come and now honor our word. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we There shall be showers of blessing, oh, that today they might fall. Now as on God we are testing, now as on Jesus we call. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling. But for the showers we You know, I just uh, really pray that I, first of all, will kind of just reprioritize my life so that I'm praying for the showers a blessing. And I put the umbrella away. And I let the water of the Holy Spirit just rush over me and soak me up. That I can just help finish the work. I mean, I don't know how many of you are excited about just living in the United States of America or any part of the world for the rest of your life. I kind of look at it and go, you know, if I were to just project this out and live as old as my granddaddy, I got about 45 more years left. And it's like, do I really want to be that old on planet Earth? (laughs) I'm ready to go home and... As I stand before you today, I want to challenge each of us to begin to pray for rain. We're going we're gonna to get into the Mount Carmel experience. It starts at the altar. And we're going to look at that. You can get a head start on it if you like and read, read the story there in uh, 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19. But it starts at the altar and we're going to pray for rain. But here's a prayer that comes from Randy Maxwell's book that I want to just end with. I'll just share it with you because I think it just tells where the heart is. 
Lord, sometimes the only sound I hear is the sound of that wretched voice on the repeat in my head, telling me I'm a hypocrite and I'll never be on the par with Elijah. But that's not your voice, is it? Help me to hear and obey only your voice, Lord. Whoops, there you go. You have promised rain, and I, for one, am thirsty. Make me willing to pray like Elijah and to prepare for the showers of blessing. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers I plead. You know, there are um, numerous opportunities for each of us to participate in prayer. Sunday, at some point in the day, you know, the kids get together for prayer with Amy. I know that the men are supposed to get together Monday morning at 7.30 for prayer. Um, elders pray Thursday morning at 7 for prayer. There's women get together for prayer. <clears throat> you know, it, it's really, since you have these devices, it's really easy to, whether you're driving or at work, you can put in your headphones so no one else can see. You don't have to pray, but you can be there and participate in prayer with your church family. Wednesdays at 1, the Washington Conference pastors get together online. It's very similar for prayer. Um, we have a prayer meeting on Wednesday night here. And you can join us by Zoom. Keith oftentimes will join us from Port Townsend uh, on Zoom. And uh, Steve, with the price of gas, isn't driving up from Camano all the time. So he joins us on Zoom as well. I want to encourage you to, to get together with your church family in some capacity for prayer. <clears throat> we need prayer. I know I need prayer. Prayer is the work according to the spirit of prophecy. We need to be praying a whole lot more if we want to pray for rain. Like I said, in two weeks we're going to go back to Mount Carmel. We're going to look at the rest of the story, according to Paul Harvey. And we're going to see God working miracles through a person just like us who God called to pray on his behalf. Let's close. Loving Father, send those showers of blessing. Send them upon us today. Lord, just prick our hearts, move on our hearts to remind us that we, starting with myself, need to spend time with you in prayer. Not just talking, but listening. Listening to your spirit. Lord, we, we need rain. Spiritual dehydration is not a comfortable place to be. So fill us with the rain of your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.